We all have pressure in our lives and pressure makes diamonds and yet in the heat of a moment that pressure can lead to various ways that we handle a situation either aggressively or bringing out some degree of kindness and that's what Diamond Kind is about. All right, so welcome. It's been a little while, I suppose. Um, you know, it's such an endless summer. You've got to have a bit of fun. But uh, here we are back at uh, Diamond Kind. I'm Floyd and... and I'm Brent. It's good to be back. I think, it's, I think you've done the last couple on your own, Floyd. So it's nice to, nice to be back. Yeah, I did. I've missed you though badly. <laughs> <laughs> so it is good to be back. And today... Brett, we're going to be calling uh, Dr. Cheng Yi Go, who's our in-house Atticus cardiologist, and uh, the topic here today is is cardiac arrest. Um, there's been a lot going on uh, with many high-profile um, people dying of a cardiac arrest um, and heart problems, and yeah, so we thought, well, let's talk to Cheng Yi and find out what we can learn about that. Mm, I'm really excited to ask him too about my Apple Watch and uh, my my heart analyzer on my Apple Watch too. So, mm, And why it's not a Garmin. <laughs> Let's give <laughs> him a tuned. call. Yeah. All righty, here we go, guys. Hi. Uh, so, yes, uh, Chengyi, uh, Dr. Chengyi Go, our in-house Atticus cardiologist, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure um, to be invited uh, to this amazing platform. Uh, it's great to have you. Um, and obviously, look, what you do as a cardiologist has been in the media lately with, uh, we were saying, quite a few high-profile um, people um, having heart problems and specifically having a cardiac arrest. So we thought we'd ask you, uh, Cheng Yi, what is a cardiac arrest? Yeah, I think you know from a from from a cardiologist perspective or from from a layman perspective too, a cardiac arrest is when the heart stops beating, and that means that the brain and vital organs are all starved of oxygen. The person will become unconscious and stop breathing, or they do not breathe normally. And we all know that a cardiac arrest is a medical emergency. And, you know, when, when there is a cardiac arrest, uh, every minute counts. And without chest compressions, CPR, or the use of a defibrillator, a person in cardiac arrest will not survive. So I think it is important uh, for us to know that a cardiac arrest can be survived if you get appropriate help. So if you see someone in this situation, you make sure that we have to call triple zero immediately. And any attempt at resuscitation is better than no attempt. Yeah, definitely. And um, the as you said, uh, it is something that um, if you get in there with the chest compressions, it can, can make a difference. Um, so thinking about that then, uh, Cheng Yi, why does someone have a cardiac arrest? What causes it? Yeah. So the our heart, you know, we all know that our heart is a pumping system. 
but a lot, a lot of us know that it is actually our heart's electrical system that controls the rate and rhythm of its pumping. And a cardiac arrest is usually caused by an electrical malfunction of the heart system that causes the heart to stop pumping, essentially. And the main cause of this electrical malfunction is a heart attack. And that is when there is an, a sudden blockage uh, in the blood vessels that supplies the heart muscle. And the heart muscle affected will be starved of oxygen. It became electrically unstable and ultimately a cardiac arrest occurs. Apart from a heart attack, which is the major cause, there are also other heart conditions that may lead to cardiac arrest, but they are much more uncommon. Uh, for example, uh, cardiomyopathy, uh, which means there is an abnormal structures in the heart. This could cause cardiac arrest if it's being unmonitored or being left for a long time. Uh, there are also other rare but uh, other rare conditions such as uh, channelopathies, um, which means that the electrical channels of the heart are abnormal to begin with um, due to the genetics of the person. So these are all more uncommon cause of cardiac arrest. There are also other even rarer causes such as severe trauma to the heart, any severe lung problems, drowning, and even allergic reactions. That's great, Chengyi. Thanks for that explanation. Um, I guess uh, as someone uh, in their 40s at the moment, as Floyd mentioned before as well, uh, there's obviously a lot of people in the public that are uh, you know, now having, having heart attacks and heart disease. Um, I've noticed, you know, as I said, in, in my 40s as well, like my friends are starting to um, have the same problems. And I, I know people that have had heart attacks. And recently, um, one of my good friends had heart surgery, who's 43 years mm. old. So um, I guess for the listeners... Um, if you could maybe give us um, some tips on, you know, uh, what we can do to avoid having a heart attack. Yeah. So I guess the main thing is heart attack is the most common cause of cardiac arrest, which is one of the major cause of death in Australia. So mm. the main point is how do we avoid a heart attack? Mm. Now we will look back at what are the risk factors for heart attack to begin with. There are five major risk factors for which four are absolutely uh, modifiable. So yeah. these are smoking, blood pressure control, cholesterol control, and also diabetes. The fifth risk factor, unfortunately, is not modifiable, mm -hmm. and that's a family history of heart attacks. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we get from how do we go from there? I think the main thing here is to look after ourselves. We should see a general practitioner regularly to make sure that, you know, the blood pressure, cholesterol, and the sugars are under control. Mm -hmm. And if you are smoking uh, and it's hard to quit, uh, there is a lot of other channels or medication that we can provide to help you stop smoking too. And apart from that, it is always good to sort of have a chat with your um, general practitioner about whether it's worthwhile doing a, a ECG, which is a electrical uh, cardiogram of the heart. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, uh, if you if 
you know, you start developing sort of a warning symptoms, such as getting chest pain when uh, when you exert yourself, such as climbing a flight of stairs uh, or getting more out of breath than usual um, in your physical activities, it's probably time to seek medical attention. And, and, and if there is any concerns, your general practitioner can always refer you to see a cardiologist and there are some testings that we can do to determine whether or not you're at risk. Yeah. Mm, that's terrific, uh, Changi. So as you said, there are some real things we can do to to avoid having a heart attack. That's the point. Um, yeah, look, uh, that's very informative. And we're, we're going to just uh, change, change tact a little bit here and uh, uh, still on the heart, but something a bit more uh, modern, dare I say, in terms of... Uh, a trend, but wearables and specifically uh, people's watches these days. And I must confess, I, I was rather envious of uh, Bretto's uh, Apple Watch. So recently I've purchased a Garmin and I haven't done much with it, but I know that I can. And, and one of those things that uh, you can do is indeed, um, yeah, look, uh, monitor your heart rate. And the question is, you know, why bother? What What is a good heart rate uh, if I am looking at it uh, at rest and, and during activity? What can I learn, Chengyi, from monitoring my heart rate from my watch? Well, I think this is a very good question. And yes, uh, and it could be answered very simply or very complexly. Um, so this is a very good for, uh, question. Thank you, Floyd. I think lots of people monitor their heart rate now with their watches. Um, I just want to disclose that I have, you know, uh, I, there is no conflict of interest for me with Apple Watch or Garmin. They're all good watches. And I think the main thing here is um, for us at rest, uh, the heart rate really varies from person to person, but a normal heart rate at rest would be between 50 to 100 beats per minute. And we all know that some of the athletes, because of their training and because of the way their heart muscles uh, pump, they can pump at a slower rate at rest and it is enough to supply oxygen to the rest of the body. So sometimes the athlete's heart rate can be less than 50, but they are still normal. But if the heart rate is above 100 at rest, then that may signify that there may be a heart problems that we need to look at. And in regards to uh, a good heart rate uh, when you have activities, I think as we are younger, uh, we have a much higher heart rate response on exercise. And as we get older, this heart rate response uh, will get a bit more diminished. And the, a good heart rate on exercise uh, would really ultimately depending on their age and their fitness. Mm, sure. And... Uh... Uh, okay, so if I'm moderately fit, what does the heart rate want to be during activity? Mm. So uh, um, I think there is always a formula that you use to subtract in, in regards to what is your maximum predicted heart rate, and that is 220 minus by your age, and that's the maximum heart rate you could go. And... For example, if you know one is 40 years old, the maximum heart rate will be 180. 
And if the person can get an extremely high workload of, let's say, going on a treadmill, and their maximum predicted heart rate is probably about reaching 80 to 85% of their maximum heart rate, I think that would be very good. It really depends on the workload that you do. If it's like a marathon sprint, a slow walk, climbing 20 flights of stairs, they have different heart rate response. But in general, um, the lesser your heart rate mount onto a very strenuous activity, it usually means you are fitter unless there is a problem with electrical system of the heart. Mm. Thanks, Chang-Yi. Um, from, a, uh, I guess, the perspective of a, a cardiologist and the data that, you know, whether it be the Garmin, as you said before, whether it be the Apple Watch. Um, the Garmin. For, <laughs> from the perspective of a cardiologist, wh- uh, what do you think about the, the data that the the, the uh, watches are, are able to collect for us? Is, is it useful? Yeah, I think... And accurate, probably, is a better word, yeah. Yeah, so that, so I think technologies have evolved uh, pretty well. And mm. if you ask me five years ago, or, you know, when Apple, was, Apple Watch or Garmin was just came out, that yeah. it might not be as accurate. But there has been more studies that uh, sort of look at the ability of these smart watches to detect. Um, there are two things that smart watches can detect. Mm-hmm. One of them is heart rate, and it is getting more accurate. Right. Uh, even though there are still some caveats, so I um, don't trust it as a gospel, really, but mm-hmm. it is a good indication. Yes. Um, and the other one is the rhythm. So the, the smart watches has been getting smarter in detecting an irregular or an abnormal heart rhythm. And oftentimes uh, they may be correct. So, yeah. and that could prompt them to see their general practitioner or cardiologist, and they may be diagnosed with a abnormal heart rhythm. So this could be good. Yeah. Mm, well, that's good. Now, thanks for telling me that because yeah, I've just started using mine. Apple Watch mm-hmm. to run it awesome. uh, an ECG every month. And, yeah, um, so and the ECG can be quite good as well if you if you do it properly. So, yeah. Yeah. so it is a one. Day, yeah, yeah, because because with that I'm able to then generate a, a report, a heart report, which I'm able to provide to my GP. So it's good to um, hear from you that um, yeah that the 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 data is you know relatively accurate. Mm, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, one piece of data that's collected and talked about is heart rate variability, and the uh, understanding here, from what I've read, is that if you are not showing so much heart rate variability, then you might be stressed. It might be uh, demonstrating that your sympathetic system, your sympathetic nervous system, that sort of uh, fight or flight mode. Is, is more at play during your day, and, and that's not a good thing. Uh, Chengyi, do you have any thoughts about heart rate variability um, and, and what I've just said? Um, is, is it useful to think about such a thing? Uh, I th- thank you, Floyd, for these questions. And I think, in essence, heart rate variability is quite hard to be interpreted properly. It really depends on whether the person's baseline heart rate was 
fast to begin with. And that may be because they are more of an anxious, anxious person and like you say, stress. And therefore, they, when they are exercising or doing things, their heart rate was already fast to begin with. So they, they do not need to mount a faster heart rate response. So ultimately, they are considered low heart rate variability. So that's one aspect of it. On the other hand, there are people who have a low heart rate to begin with at rest, but at the same time, when they go on for their exercise or daily activities, their heart rate remains slow. So in these patients, they essentially, they could not mount a heart rate response. And this could also be a sort of a sign of current or future health problems because it shows that the body is less resilient uh, in handle changing situation. So there are two different, very different scenarios, um, but they are both reduced heart rate variability. So I think it is very hard to interpret uh, in the context of things. And I think we have to take it with a grain of salt. Fair enough. So there's the base case that's, that's helpful ability to monitor your heart rate but but don't look too deeply or you might get lost definitely definitely got it got it thank you Chingy. i'll i'll put that as a reason just to use my watch for the time no problem <laughs> uh <laughs> now Chingy, um you know this show is called diamond kind so we might mm-hmm. um now uh, hone into that a little bit and the thought here is if you could Give us a moment when you're under a lot of pressure and you came through that moment with a degree of kindness. Mm, yes. Uh, I recall a time uh, during COVID, so in the middle of COVID, and I was due to have my overseas training in Canada. Uh, and that was tough because uh, the... Like for all cardiologists, we, we want to go overseas to learn more, to bring back to our community. Uh, and there was a job that I arranged about two, three years before I have to go. And that was in March 2020. And that was in the middle of COVID when everything was closed, including the border. And I've just had a newborn. And it was extremely stressful for me in regards to logistics and whether or not I should even be going. And my employer in Canada, they were extremely short of staff and they really need someone to start. And I was, you know, 50-50 whether or not I should go ahead. And it was then that, you know, I was thinking, oh, what should be my principle here and what should I do? And ultimately, I was thinking they they need heart doctors too in Canada and they are in dire need of me starting. And it is a very difficult situation, but I think when I align it with my principle, which is, you know, all along that I want to help people in need as and I'm interested in heart, that I took a leap of faith and I I I went to Canada uh, knowing the risks that's involved given that there were no vaccination. 
uh, and I brought my family there. And it turned out to be a very good experience for me. Wow. I mean, because Canada at that time, COVID would have been uh, much more common, I'm I'm thinking, than it was here in Australia. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah, so they were sort of shortly trailing behind the United States of America. And mm. yeah, it was a lot of COVID and the ICU, ICU was quite full over there. So. Wow. Yeah, that does sound like a... A big decision, but like you said, you you sort of um, stuck to your values and and moved through that. And uh, hopefully your family had a bit of an experience as well, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, Albeit during COVID, a bit tricky. It was a bit tricky, but I think we got there. We got all the experience that we want. In fact, we did travel a little bit towards the end uh, when we are all vaccinated and things are starting to open up. So not all is lost. So we get a, a lot of taste of uh, snow. So that was great. Mm-hmm. And on minus 20 Celsius, that was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> wow, awesome. That, that's really great. And It's great to have you back now, Chengi. I guess we're lucky now that you've gone and you, you've had that experience in Canada. And now you know we're fortunate that you've come back to Australia. And now you're working out of three of our clinics as well, which is really yeah. exciting. Yeah, uh, I I should say that I'm fortunate to be back. I, I miss uh, Australia and and the um, the food here very much. So yeah, thank you for having me back here. <laughs> well, we need heart doctors as well. I dare to say. <laughs> so uh, yeah, look, it's been great. Look, thanks again for your time, Doctor Cheng Yi Go. No uh, problem. Really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, look forward to. Um, uh, catching up and, and indeed, you know, as our resident cardiologist now, uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that again at, at some stage. No problem. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Cheng Ye. Okay. Thank you, Cheng Ye. Thank you. Okay. Well, there you go. Dr. Cheng Ye Go, resident cardiologist, heart rate useful, heart rate variability, question mark. Mm. We'll have to uh, we'll have, to have a competition too, Floyd, so we can tell the listeners Apple or Garmin. Well, there's no competition. Look at my body compared to this. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a watch to tell me anything. <laughs> anyway, look, uh, it's been great to, uh, again, uh, be with you all today. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and catch you we'll next time. Talk to time. you soon.